my feelings aren't being considered. So purposely poking you. We, we call it poking. Well, what does that look like for you? Because, I mean, like some things, like, between two people, like, them kind of doing the little ribbing and making fun of doesn't bother either one of them, but for someone else, it's horrible. So there's different, it, it, it's different for different people. So someone coming after you, questioning your ability. It's okay. Does that bother you? <laughs> Good luck on that. Yeah, 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 I try not to have anything bother me. That's like people that say, that's like when people say, I don't care. I'll get to them. Uh, no, it's kind of like when people say, I don't care what people think. I always get clients that say that. I don't care what people think. And I say, that's a lie. Because just everyone cares what somebody, there's different levels. Like there's some people, it's like an intense fear of what people think. But they said, no, because I got one client that said, no, I don't care what people think about me. I go, do you have mirrors in your house? She goes, yes. And I go, then you care what people think. <laughs> Could you look in the mirror? You know, okay, just why don't you just get out of bed and come? Well, I'm gonna, I want to look good. Ah, <laughs> who, who judges? You know, who cares what you know? So, the question is, what makes you feel disrespected? Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, uh, San, uh, Sandra said, uh, so I was gonna call, the woman that works for me is Sandy, and I wanted to call you Sandy. That's <laughs> a so Sandra. Okay, so you're not disrespected when I call you Sandy, huh? Because I, I got to meet Sandy today after I leave here. I got to meet Sandy because you know, I got to help her with some stuff. So I'm th I got Sandy on, oh, that sounds bad. I got Sandy on my mind. Uh, <laughs> she's my employee. Um, I was gonna, Sandra said, when my feelings are not being considered, right? Mm -hmm. All right and then you, you kind of said when someone comes after you and questions your work. It's okay to say you feel disrespected when that happens. Is it true? If it's true, it's true. Doesn't make you have to be a bad guy. Because you're wanting to go, nothing bothers me. But if it bothers you, it bothers you. <laughs> He's fighting. <laughs> I give you permission to be bothered. How about that? Well, does that help you? I'm trying to give the Pat Christian answer the pat Christian answer. And I was like, I, that doesn't, I don't allow it to bother me. But it bothers us. <laughs> okay. So, Sandra was going to think about, you know, example of what, did you give me an example? I don't remember. 
of what does it look like when someone doesn't consider your feelings? So you said when someone questions your intelligence? Like the littles. The littles. You have an example? Is this the same boss you talked about last week or the week before? Yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, and so she would tell me, I don't have time to babysit you. Ooh. I'd say, well, if you were my teacher, I wouldn't be learning anything. So I'm glad you weren't my teacher. But so anyway, so for a while, she actually got me believing I wasn't doing a good job. Way to go. Way to segue into that. No, I'm stepping for you. Go do. I'm going to, I want to ask you a question. I think I know the answer to it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Let me guess. This was in this review. She never asked, how do you think I'm doing? Right. <laughs> Cause she's very insecure. See, because, see, I've had good bosses, and then usually in an annual review, they'll say, okay, the review, I mean, I said, is there something I can do better? Is there something that I, the boss will say that, the supervisor says, you know, it's kind of review on my performance of being your supervisor, but an insecure person's not going to let an opportunity. Wow. See, that's when I get snarky. I get snarky because they'd say, well, I mean, I, I don't pay you to get to do your job. And I said, well, part of my job is dealing with you. And, you know, I, I would have done better if I had better leadership to follow. You know, <laughs> you, know you got to do one of those. You, you know, you only go as far as good as the leadership that you work under. You're only, you can only rise to that.
That's kind of sucky. Uh-huh, but only I couldn't ask so you felt very well. You made a very important, very good statement. You said because then I started thinking these things about me, which that's what disrespect does. Is uh, you start believing. It starts getting inside your head of you know they go well you you know you, you know we don't pay you to do your job. Yeah, you do. That's the that's the definition of employment. <laughs> I work. You give me money for that work. Yes, you are paying me to do that job. <laughs> that was that's a sign of insanity. We don't train you to do your job. Well, th- then I'd go. Well, then you must never get any praise. I'm sorry. I, I get. I, I can get snarky. <laughs> I said, yeah. That's why you must never get praise. Okay, Matt. You got anything? What What makes you feel disrespected? He's been thinking very strongly. So in our answers, that's very good. In our answers, when we say what does it make you what makes you feel disrespected, the answer coming out of your mouth says a lot about what you value about your persona. Work, emotions, intelligence, time. And now there's nothing wrong with there's not there's not a wrong or wrong right or wrong answer about it 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 is what you his was about like his time being his time not being considered valuable and experience things like that but you notice that right there and there's there's no oh gosh I gave a bad answer no you didn't there's no bad answer that you gave on this what you value is what you value so so when you say hey I disres- I feel disrespected when someone challenges what I find important about my life or about my persona, what I value about me and what I believe is important to me and you don't find it important as well. I mean, your face, when I said you went, <laughs> why did you do that face? Yeah. Why is that considered sappy? You're disrespecting your own emotions. Well, no, and, and, and that's a good, that's kind of what man is, because I take it when you guys give me this answer, it's what your experience of being disrespected in is. So, and remember what Madison said of, you start accepting their disrespect as being the truth to where someone, I'm not going to name names, I don't know, it, you know, disrespected your emotions probably in, in a way that made they wanted you to feel sappy for your emotions to use your words and so it starts even when i say that you come back well i don't want to feel sappy because i'm because I'm, I'm admitting emotions are i'm a counselor i'm not you're never going to get those words emotions aren't important you're never gonna get that out of me you know but they might have taught you by their disrespect that emotions equal sappiness 
What what do you consider sappy? Do you do you, okay? That, that, sappy is being wimpy, weak. But but do, okay, let, but let's ask you this question: Do you feel like you're sappy? That's a sad movie. I know. And I refuse to watch Marley and Me because I've heard what happened. <laughs> but uh, do, do you consider yourself? But do you view that as a weakness? I guess it could be if you don't control them. But to be emotional is not weak. Whoa, look at you. You need to write that down and we need to put that up in poster form. I like that, Madison. You earned your keep this week. Everybody earns their keep every week. That right there was great. Say that again. anything in our lives but I think that's a good example of why this is so important towards depression because all of you take your thing that you said and if you have nothing in in your life but that depression about I'm not I jumped the gun there nothing but disrespect shown to you about that part of your life you eventually will face depression I mean, let's take a marriage situation where one spouse constantly disrespects the other spouse for whatever reason. Eventually, depression enters in. You know, what? because all of you, if, if, you know, some people take hard work as their identity. Some people take emotions as their, you know, valuable time, intelligence. To take what you value and be disrespected over what you value starts to hurt don't care who you are I mean if, if, if a little child paint draws this picture for mommy for Mother's Day and takes it to mom and you know how children draw you know, <laughs> you know I draw this for you for Mother's Day if the mom goes to the kid the kid values that hey I'm doing this for my mom for mom's day if the mom usually what does a mom do oh, and actually it's I, you know, because Faith always said, I'd rather take something my kids made for me for Mother's Day than go out and buy me a present that, you know, I don't need, you know. The mom's usually going to put it, your child made it, so what? You value it. You put it up on the refrigerator. You take it to work and frame it or whatever. But what if that parent says, you could have done better? What happens to that child's self-esteem? Same thing with what you folks value about your life. You value hard work, emotions, time, intelligence. To be disrespected about it over time, eventually those pop shots at you start to really sting. And you start getting this, what you said, I begin to kind of, you know, maybe I am a stupid person. You know, it, it goes back to my statement. I said, you know, you call a boy a dog long enough, he begins to act like a dog. And 
the mind is a very powerful, go back to powerful things. And it, it, you know, it breaks my heart. You know, this is, I'm, I'm super sensitive too, you know, because it breaks my heart when I hear someone say, well, I'm made to feel stupid and I start feeling that way. Or I hear, well, and then really as a counselor, it hurts me when I hear someone say, so you hurt me, Sandra. You know, when you said, I'm actually, I guess I, I don't want to be considered sappy because what does that, someone probably made you to feel sappy because you, oh, you're just emotional. Heard that ever before? And the devil uses that to bring you down. A person who's strong on the emotional side was given that by God. Someone who, their hard work means a lot of value to their persona was given that thought process by God. Someone who values time was given that by God. Someone who values their intelligence, it, you know, was given that by God. And the devil uses other uh, people to come in to whatever your strength, your talent, your what you value given to you by God. Satan wants to destroy that outlook you have about that. Because, you know, you, you know, um, and when I say the word pride here, I don't mean this in the bad way. You take pride in what you value. You go, well, I mean, I value, you know, you know, hard work, you know, and the devil comes in. Oh, you just uh, you just don't do anything right. You know, you know, you just, you know, you're sappy or oh my, you know, you're they, they take advantage of your time or, you know, oh, my goodness, you. you <laughs> You did your job good, so <laughs> you know. <laughs> she's still bothered. But she's still bothered by it. You know. You don't work for this person anymore, right? No, she fired me. Well, first she pressured me to quit, and I didn't quit. So then she waited until I was a minute late for work, and then she fired me for part time. That woman. I'm not gonna mess with because this is. Uh, but so the way that I was able to realize that what she was saying wasn't true about me was actually connecting with God and realizing my identity in Christ, and then that started to turn it around. Where I'm like, I am doing a good job and probably a better job than what they're giving me credit for, especially being thrown into everything that they do. Well, let's go to scripture to back that up. Second Timothy chapter one, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved son. Now, I wanted to say that part because I want you to get you an idea about the relationship between these two. Paul's the mentor. Timothy is the uh, mentoree, I guess. And Timothy's quite younger. Paul's the senior pastor, and Timothy's like the associate, young associate or youth minister or whatever. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father in Christ Jesus. Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to, almost sounds like a love letter, longing to see you, even as I recall your tears, so that I might be filled with joy. For I'm mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on my hands. 
For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Uh, now, uh, to put this in just smaller, quicker terms, is he's telling Timothy, because Timothy, there's background in this, Timothy's the young minister he left in charge of a church, and Timothy's but is younger. You know, we're dealing with the second generation of preachers. First generation of preachers were really respected because they saw Jesus face to face. They, you know, walked under Christ's ministry. These new generations are the young whippersnappers. And they're not respected as well as these guys like Paul and John and Peter and such. And so Timothy's quite young and he's not respected. He's, well, you're just a young whippersnapper. What do you know? And here Paul is sitting, and the reason he starts it so flowing, I miss you so much. You're my son in the Lord. And, you know, and I thank God for the faith that's in you that was in your mother and your great. He, he builds them up. He says, I don't want you to be ashamed of the gift and the calling that Christ put in you. Don't be ashamed of that. And he said, and, and if I could add my own little commentary on this, never be ashamed how God made you. Never be ashamed of how God made you. He made you the way you are. Therefore, if God made you that personality-wise, the respect needs to start with you. And then by doing so, you go, well, they don't respect me for this. They're, and it's tough when it's a boss, you know, or it's tough when it's a spouse, or it's tough when you, But there, there comes a point you fight that because you have to remember that and he talks about hey this is what you are who you are by the purpose and grace of christ so if you're you're on the just to you to pick on sandra here if you are very sensitive and on the it, it's all how it's said too well you're just sensitive no or you're sensitive when it comes to ministry See how the, there's a difference in how we say things you know, don't show me someone who's in ministry that not dealing with emotions and you're not a good minister. How do you cut yourself off from your emotions and minister to people? You know, because we sing, you know, the Hillsong song, <laughs> the Hillsong song that goes, break my heart with what breaks yours. That's emotions. And isn't that what we pray? You know, Lord, I want, I want to know what breaks your heart, Lord, so my heart can be broken about it as well. Because if it breaks the heart of God, then it's important. And so if God puts you on the high, when I had my psychological testing done, the psychologist came back and said, you scored higher on empathy than I've ever seen before. Emotions. And she kind of said she similar something said something similar that you said she goes for a counselor it's great for your personal life it really stinks <laughs> <You know? laughs> because you're like oversensitive about everything empathy empathy is like identifying with the emotions of the other person 
Well, it's more than just, just it's, it's, it's identifying with their emotions, which is the opposite of what Sandra was talking about being disrespect. When she's basically, the, it's the opposite of empathy is probably what she faces, disrespecting and not acknowledging, not respecting her emotions. Whereas empathy is someone, I, don't, I may not experience the same thing Sandra's going through, but I, uh, but I can identify, I go, man, I've never experienced that, but that may really stink to go through what you're going through. You know, that's identify, that's respecting her emotions uh, in that situation because God gave us those things. You know, when, you know, when we try to deny what God has given us and, and put it in a chest and lock it up, that's never good. And so when, when she says, I feel disrespected when someone doesn't acknowledge my emotions or doesn't do this, there's a truth to it because what she's asking for is empathy to go, oh my goodness, that, you know, come, you, know you lost your loved one or whatever. To, to do that is a, I, I don't know what it's like to lose a loved one like that, but man, that must be terrible. That's respecting your emotions in that situation. Does that make sense? Or just identify, man, you know, God made you to where you, you know, intelligent abilities and such. But anyway, so, or time, valuable of time, you know. <laughs> I keep thinking of Bart Simpson getting beat up by Nelson, and now this is for wasting teachers' valuable time. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> that was like the fight because Bart did something in class, and Nelson's beating him up at reason. This is for wasting teachers' valuable time. Nelson just beats him up for whatever reason. So, uh, but anyway, so you get? Are you itching with a question? Oh, I thought you were itching with the question. So why, and I was going to show Maslow's hierarchy of needs here. Everybody familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs? The bottom one is your physical needs like food, water. The next is security and safety. And the next one is love and belonging. And then what's next? Oh, he's going to draw it. There we go. You do that. That's fine. We know he's coming soon. We, we don't need it written. If we don't know that, we're in trouble. Yeah, there we go. Very good. That's self-awareness. Self-actualization, yeah. It's interchangeable. That's the goal for everybody. Safety and well, you got to know this for school. I should know this. Safety and security. Love and belonging. I use this in my marriage counseling a lot. And then respect, trust, uh, yeah, trust and respect.
There you go. So you know, so trust and acting respect is on this, and that's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We all need that. Those are all the needs we have, and it goes in that order. You're born, you've got to breathe, you got to eat, you got to do all that stuff. And next is the baby is important for the baby knowing safety and security. If I cry, mom and dad are going to come take care of me. And then, then we all have a sense of love and belonging. This, all you can see is you're getting older, you're noticing, but you need it all throughout your entire life. By the time the kid starts going to school, they're I'm belong, I belong to a class, I belong to a school, I belong to a community. And then trust and respect. And if you notice, if you're missing on one of those levels, it affects everything that's above it. If you don't get safety and security, it's going to affect your love and belonging, your trust and respect, and your self-awareness. So if you're not getting trust, your, your last step before becoming self-aware and self-actualization is having respect. And, of course, we in the church, we tend to fight that. Well, that means you're wanting respect. You're so prideful. No, we all have a need of feeling respected. And what basically the word respect means is accepted for who we are. God, it, it, you just want to be accepted for the job you were doing. Yes, you were being paid to do that job. Yes, I guarantee you that supervisor wanted to be praised by her supervisor for the job she was doing. So we all have this need. Whatever your need was, I, I want to be accepted for having emotions. I want to be accepted for having hard work in a job. And so someone coming behind me and just redoing it or telling, you know, that they're, they're, they're insulting me. So it's hard to get that self-awareness and self-actualization if you're not getting respect in life. I'm preaching to the choir here. But when you don't have love, uh, uh, trust, and respect in a marriage, it makes for a bad marriage. It, it, you know, I've, I get spouses that say, I think my spouse respects everybody else in their life more than they, I'm the last one they respect. That's hard to build a healthy marriage on that. Because if you can't respect the people closest to you, there's no trust in that relationship. And what's so sad is not respecting a family member. It says actually says more about that person because they're messed up on that hierarchy of needs as well. So our weapon we use against other people is disrespecting who they are. If you ever want, this is kind of where I was going with you and your 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 boss your supervisor or whatever people who don't respect themselves their weapon is disrespecting others the person who comes behind you doing their job doubts their job stuff comes across as that they overconfident in their stuff the person who calls you sappy in their emotions realizes they have no connection to their emotions the person who doesn't value your time has a hard time valuing their time person who tries to get you to doubt your intelligence questions their abilities too now you go well they never they say they don't what they say don't match what's really going on in there it's like the bully the bully thinks they got high self-esteem no they got really low self-esteem they're just trying to bring you down and usually people bully the opposite of respect a lot of times is bullying have you ever felt bullied by your what you value and what we're talking you felt you felt bullied by the supervisor you know, and sometimes, you know, when someone says to, to, to Sandra and says, your emotions, you're overly, you're sappy. That's bully. What are you thinking, Chris? I think when, <clears throat> I think when, when dad needs to ask Jesus for 
Well, we, let's go back to the Garden of Eden uh, based on that. Devil came in. Man was the crown jewel of Christ, of God's creation. And the devil came in to tell Adam and Eve, he don't like you. He was a bully. They, they were given master of the whole garden of all, you know, animals and stuff like that. God had given them an important job. And the devil comes in and goes, uh, he's holding out on you. That was a disrespect. That was, you're not as good as you think you are. Notice how he works there. It's a bully situation. And everything, just think about how much the devil has bullied us and said, you know, the thing about I did this in my past, I became a Christian, I asked for forgiveness, but now I'm still feeling bad what I did in my past. That's the devil bringing it up. That's bullying. And it's disrespectful. When the, when the devil comes in and accuses the brethren that what's covered in the blood, it is bullying. But I, I asked for forgiveness already. Doesn't matter, you did it. But it's covered in the blood. It's disrespecting the blood of Christ, what the devil was doing in that situation. And he's getting us to fall for it. So we don't respect ourselves. We have this whole thing with self the, the, the goal is self-awareness and self-actualization. And if we Christianize that or spiritualize Maslow's hierarchy, self-awareness is being who you are in Christ. It's like, I'm a sinner saved. Yes, I'm a sinner, but I'm a sinner saved by grace. I have the blood of Christ on me. And the devil hates it when you get to that self-actualization because you go, eh, whatever. I mean, there, you know, years ago, this big thing about generational curses was going through our churches. <sighs> How many of you heard the generational curse thing? Oh, I hate it. Hate the generational curse thing because it put a burden on a lot of generations of Christians thinking, oh, great grandfather did that. And I'm paying. Now, influence can happen. You know, an alcoholic parent can influence the child to be an alcoholic. That's influence. That's environment. Not a curse. Because in Jeremiah, God says, you know that old saying that people said, you know, about the children, you know, and the, that's where they get it, where the children are, you know, grapes and stuff like that. The curse. You, we're not, I'm not going to allow that to be said anymore. Each man will be held accountable for his own sins. So he actually did away with the generational curse right there. And plus, when Christ died on the cross, he did away with all curses for the child of God that's covered in the blood. So I do not accept the generational curse thing because people were teaching that even Christians could be cursed. I'm going, that goes all against the Bible. But anyway, the devil wants that. He wants you to think you're cursed because if he tells you long enough that you're cursed, you start acting like it. It is oppression, and oppression leads to depression. I'm Jesse Jackson. <laughs> but, but no, you're right, and it's, it's, it's the thing of he's blocking us from getting to that self-awareness of going, I come from a cruddy background, but that's, that doesn't define me. Spiritual self-awareness tells me that I am a child of the king. I, I, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You know, if God be for me, who can be against me? Those are powerful scriptures. And but when we're being disrespected, and the source of all this is who? Satan. To disrespect a Sandra by saying, oh, you're so sappy. Because what? The devil wants you to go around with a sappy spirit. 
emotions equal weakness. No. And I, boy, I am going to write that down. I'm going to give you credit. Like if I put it up in my office, I'm going to say, say it again, that your emotions can be a great servant. And then I'll put a little dash, say, man, I'm going to serve it. Yeah, but I don't have that name. I got yours. So it just, no, I, no, I love it. That is a great saying. It could be your great, a great servant, but a. Emotions make great servants, but terrible masters. I, I love that. That is, that is great because you're, you're, but see, that's the thing. Devil wants to make it that, that. Just get so upset with the, this anti-emotion stuff that goes out there. If if God didn't want us to have emotions, He wouldn't have given us emotions to live by. Any other question? And you're right. His heart breaks. He's also He's also a Jesus. I have. He's a jealous God. He has jealous issues. <laughs> Jealousy issues. Don't be talking to that. <laughs> Who are you talking to over there? You know. But it's. It, but in a. You know compassion his, his he regretted making man at one time <laughs> i regret that i made man you know and, and but so where is this anti-emotional thing and and I, I don't mean to pick on you here about this but all these actually deal with emotions even though you specifically said emotions all these because it's how do you feel when you're disrespected and it's, it, it's to keep you down. However, when you are respected, when someone says, man, I know that was a hard thing that you had to go through, and I can't imagine going through that. I've never gone through that, but that yeah, you feel respected. You feel, oh, wow. Empathy is a one. Shame cannot survive with empathy. You cannot put shame and empathy in a Petri dish and shame survive. Shame will dry up and evaporate when empathy is put in there. And so... So one, if, as you guys leave here, what I want you to go is you are uniquely made by Christ. If he made you that way, use it as your strength. Now, it can become a weakness. It can become your master. If it becomes your master, that's a weakness. But if it's your servant, if hard work is your servant, not your master. There are people who do hard work and it becomes their master and they ignore their families. As you keep it your servant, it's a tool. It's a weapon that can be used in a positive way for you. If it becomes your master, it could be your detriment. So it leads to pride and cockiness and things like that. So anything else? All right. Let's pray, and I'll dismiss you. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for uniquely making us. And, Lord, let's, I, we pray that we take up what was said, what Paul said to Timothy. Lord, help us not be ashamed on how you made us. And Lord, let us surround ourselves with positive, healthy people who can respect how you made us and help us to resist the influence of those who are used to bring us down in a negative way. Sometimes we can't separate ourselves from them, but Lord, you can help us resist their disrespect. And Lord, we need to find ourselves in you and realize we are who we are because of you. And we need to glory in that. And the tools you gave us need to be our tools, our servants, and not our masters. Because then we have the true victory. Because your fingerprints are all over us. And that's our desire. Lord, we thank you for that in your precious name. Amen.
Is she some is she some great philosopher or something? And I'm like, yeah. Nah, it's I no, I mean, I'm just, I do use that a lot. Like odds are he got it from somebody else. 